0: You are now listening to The Conversationalist Podcast. Well, hello, and thank you for listening to The Conversationalist Podcast. This is going to be episode 48. I'm Jesse, and I'm here with Amanda. Hi. It's our triumphant return. We've been gone for, I think, probably about a month. I'm not really sure, but it seems like it's been about that long. Um. So we're actually recording we've actually there's a lot of shit that's happened and typically like we kind of get all these little bits of information and kind of put them aside for a podcast. but we've been putting shit aside for like we've been like Still trying to get here. yeah, I swear like we've put a- we've put aside so much stuff we want to talk about over like the past at least two or three weeks and it's for whatever reason. Shit keeps coming up, and we can't record, and so now we have like so much stuff that's not really timely anymore. A lot of people probably already know about it, so we just kind of figured, whatever. We'll just uh, start from the top. Um, But we uh, wanted to talk about um, our experience at uh, WonderCon, uh, which took place in Anaheim uh, March 31st to April 2nd. Um, It was the first time that Amanda and I have had the opportunity to actually attend two days at the convention. I mean it actually
1: um, Yeah, that's about right.
0: Yeah, I mean it actually is a three day thing but um, we always just go for a day. Uh, but this is the first time we've actually been able to do Saturday, Sunday and so we just uh, are going to cover both Saturday and Sunday. Typically we'll do like One show for one day and then another show for another, but we can pretty much kind of cover everything that we did in um, one episode, so.
1: You know what's fizzy in my tummy right now? Fun dip and Coke. (laughs) It's not a good feeling. It's not a good feeling.
0: But it was strawberry-licious.
1: It was good, but it hurts now.
0: It's not like it's Pop Rocks and soda. No, I feel like
1: there's gas. Like I need to burp.
0: (laughs) Okay, so right before we were going to record this podcast, like, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, we haven't recorded in a while. We're just going to press record, and we're going to do this thing. I swear, like, right before <laughs> my finger was, like, hovering right over the record button, Amanda just sent <laughs> out, like, the loudest fucking, like, Homer burp, like, ever, and I was like, whoa, that was close. So, saved you guys from that. There
1: still might be one later. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the
0: fucking no strawberry delicious with uh, Coke. So, um,
1: the soda, not the drug,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Coca Cola classic, not crack cocaine or whatever. In, in
1: case somebody needed to have that cleared up
0: for them, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna bump a line and then like <laughs> record a podcast about nerd stuff. Um, so, uh, I guess we'll just get right into it. Um, so Saturday would have been April 1st, April, April Fool's, F- yeah, April Fool's Day. So, Um, we're pretty, we're pretty excited because we're actually getting to attend this thing Saturday and Sunday. And, uh, so we were just staying right around the corner from the convention. Um, you know, pretty much we, we left, uh, we left our house early to, um, get to the convention. Uh, I don't know, probably about an hour or two before it had started. And, uh, so we get there and we, you know, we can't check in yet or whatever, but, uh, we end up getting the convention pretty much on time. You know, I will say that, uh, initially I was kind of against, you know, like Comic Con or WonderCon doing like a mail you your badge kind of thing. And, yeah. Cause
1: our mail gets stolen a lot.
0: Yeah. And so we're kind of like, ah, you know, I don't know how that's going to play out. I mean, I will say it was convenient from the standpoint of like, we actually had our physical badges when we got there.
1: You wouldn't have to go through that long snake line of getting all the stuff. Right. But then I forgot my lanyard, so I kind of had to go through that anyways. <laughs> well,
0: what, what was cool about it is that like, so we walk in and then we kind of head that way. And so we just kind of like skipped ahead of the line and just grabbed one of the lanyards and then left. Um, and so, you know, a lot of times we always like to do the, uh, you know, the the panels, um, and, and, you know, I mean, WonderCon is one of the bigger, like, one-day, you know, cons, but, I, I mean, I would say, like, <laughs> is it getting to you?
1: <laughs> That's good.
0: Yeah. So, um, I mean, there, there's a lot to do on the floor, but, I mean, not so much that, you like, you really have to attend all three days. I feel um, like
1: a lot of the big companies are missing this year anyway, so... Yeah, um, later I again. Mean, I, I, mean, I mean,
0: there were still. I mean, there were still a few big ones that like you normally don't see with like some of the other conventions of like like size. Um, but like it did seem like from previous years, like there was a little less than this year. Um, but still, that I mean, that doesn't take away from the fun that's WonderCon. I mean, uh, I would say you know for like the smaller conventions, you know, uh, I mean, not even from a standpoint of like this being like the sister convention to Comic Con that WonderCon is probably, like, one of the smaller ones that you do want to go to, just as far as affordability, um, you know, ability to actually obtain tickets, and, you know, just, you know, the quality of content that's there as far as, like, you know, what's on the floor and, you know, the, the people that they're able to draw to the panels.
1: I do miss those Jesus people, though. (laughs) <laughs> the yellow sign-carrying ones.
0: Yeah, so for those, you know, who have, you know, gone to WonderCon in the past, or, I mean, even, even like, even the uh, uh, San Diego Comic-Con or WonderCon, uh, there's always these people that are outside the conventions with the big-ass yellow signs that are like, you're all going to hell, you guys need to repent, you know, you guys need to come to Jesus or whatever, and so they're always protesting like right outside the con it's awesome it, it is pretty funny because you usually get like a big old group of people that kind of antagonize them especially
1: and, in a deadpool costume there's always one deadpool yeah that gets right up in some you know sign holder's face and...
0: and and you know it's not and sometimes you know you just get the people you, i mean you obviously get the antagonizers like we're talking about the deadpools and shit but then you get like the people that just get like super personal about it and so then they're trying to like you know requote scripture like back at these people but i mean these people like pro- are professional sign holders like it's all they do i mean yeah they're you're not going to you know get through to these people or like win a debate with them so it, you know a lot of times especially like in previous years you would get people um you know from wondercon staff like basically telling you hey look just move on like just move past these people or whatever you know but obviously they can only suggest you know a lot of <laughs> these people are going to stick around regardless and so uh Because um, it's funny. You know, for you know anybody who's attended WarnerCon <laughs> in the past oh, man. Buzz, that strawberry uh <laughs> strawberry fun dips fucking totally tear me up. Hurt. So, um you know, in previous years what's what's happened is like pretty much like there's like a causeway like before you get into the Anaheim Convention Center and it's pretty much completely open to the public, obviously, except for when you go through the glass doors to get into the convention. And so you'd have a lot of the protesters just, like, right outside. And so, I mean, that's where a lot of people are congregating, like, doing cosplay, like, just mingling and all that kind of stuff.
1: Because Jesus hates cosplay, apparently.
0: Yeah, because it's, yeah, it's just wrong. And that's what's going to send you to hell. Um, so, you know, previous years, that's what happened. And so they just, you know, were kind of, like, right in the middle of the convention. Well, what they did this year and was actually, like, super smart is um, as you're approaching um, from you know, one or both ends of the convention when you're accessing it from like uh West Catella or when you're um accessing it from the opposite side that's like where a lot of the uh convention hotels are in the cul-de-sac area.
1: And a Disney parking lot.
0: Yeah, what they've done is they actually um fenced those areas off and so you actually have to scan your badge at one of those locations. So you still have a long ways to walk before you actually get to like the main, um, I guess like, I don't even know what you'd call it, but like the main walkway, um, you know, where you actually enter, you know, the convention area. So they pretty much eliminated, uh, you know, these protesters basically getting in the middle or being disruptive of the convention. And cause they're, 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 They'd have to be so far outside that, I mean, you know, them protesting it is pretty much going to be ineffective since most people aren't going to be in those areas because it's so far away now. Um,
1: Well, I don't really know who they're yelling at either because it'd be enough to push them onto the street where the Disney families are walking too. And it's like, oh, are you dressed up cute to be, you know, Disney bound or are you dressed up cute to go commit your sin at a Comic Con convention? So... I mean, I don't think there's a point for them at this point. I mean, they could try and it would be fun, but it's not the same.
0: Well, I mean, they'd have to be so far away. I mean, I think it would kind of take away from like what their purpose is there, you know, to kind of contact as many people as possible. But the Sin. thing the thing is, is though, is like w- at an entrance, I mean, sure, you're getting to like shout at people on a temporary basis before they scan their badge and walk past, but, you know, what made it. I think what made it effective for them before is that they were able to get like right in the middle of everything because it was all like public, public space and just like cause, you know, cause problems. But now that's completely eliminated because they've moved everything so far back that all of that area that was once, um, you know, basically accessible to the public, they made accessible to badge, badge holders only.
1: And food trucks.
0: Yeah. And food trucks. So, um, I mean, that was a smart thing on the, uh, conventions part. So, um, Saturday, we really didn't do anything related to floor stuff or anything like that.
1: No, nope, We spent all day in a room.
0: Like, in the same room, too. <laughs> like, in, in previous conventions, like, we'll be like, oh, we want to do this one thing at this one room, and then we'll jam over this other room, or we might leave this other room early to try and get into this other room, like we did last year's WonderCon, you know, to try and get to, you know, whichever uh, things, you know, whatever panels we want to get to, but this time, like... Pretty much everything we wanted to do was in this one fucking room. So all we were doing was every time um, a panel ended was just like leaving our spot and trying to get like a couple rows closer, a couple rows closer.
1: This guy like fell asleep on me. So
0: rude. Yeah, like some old dude like just fucking fell asleep in the middle of a panel and like his head was like leaning on Amanda. And we like to actually snapped a photo of this dude <laughs> laughing. And I, I what I didn't realize is what I did. I didn't uh, turn my flash off. I thought I was slick, and so when I took a picture of him, I think it like woke him up, and he kind of like glared. And I was like, "Whatever, dude." Like, he was
1: gross when he wasn't sleeping. He was busy picking his nose and picking his ear. It's like gross. Get away from me! And he's invading my space. Yeah, he's taking up part of my chair, jerk.
0: It was. Yeah, I don't know. It was. I, I mean, not as annoying for me as it was for Amanda, but definitely still like if you're gonna attend a panel. It's, like, super rude to, like, fall asleep in the middle of one, and then it's, like, even more rude when you're going to, like, try to use the person you're sitting next to as, like, a fucking headrest.
1: Especially if you don't know them. (laughs) I don't know you, old dude. Get away.
0: Yeah. So, um, we ended up going to, uh, room 3AB, which ended up having a lot of cool stuff.
1: Which was, like, the Hall H of WonderCon.
0: Yeah, I mean, essentially. Um, and so the first thing that we ended up going to, um... Was God dang it! There was now. What's listed is there was a APB, which I think we saw. We that. ended up. We did see part of that. I think we came in like kind of after it started, and APB. Um, that show to me reminded me of a like RoboCop. And what's funny is like there was somebody that ended up like asking some questions. Uh, you know, because you're able to. You know, ask whatever questions you want to the people that are on the panel. Which there were a lot of, uh, you know, there were like producers and like people that are on the show that were part of that panel. Uh, Initially, when we came in, I had no idea what this what this panel was for because we were just in there for um, this this specific panel. So we had no idea what was what we were walking into. And then, so initially, when I'm watching like some of these cut scenes that they're showing, I was like, "Holy shit! Are they remaking RoboCop?" I remember thinking that, and then I end up finding out that, like, it has absolutely nothing to do with Wonder Cop, or with Wonder Cop. <laughs> Wonder Cop. <laughs> it has nothing there to do. There you go. <laughs> it has nothing to do with RoboCop, but apparently they did, like, they were inspired by RoboCop per se.
1: Which means they used just enough not to have to pay the creators of ro- uh, RoboCop to use their idea.
0: Which, it's glaringly RoboCop-esque. Um, You know, I think somebody had even mentioned uh, when they were talking to the panelists was that one could argue that this uh, show, you know, could be like a prequel to, you know, what ends up becoming Robocop, you know, in terms of like, uh, you know, like the agency, like going private and like being like corporate owned and, you know, not necessarily like a like a public entity per se. And so APB is, um, a show. God damn it. What show is, is it on Fox? It's on Fox. Yeah, it's on Fox. And so, I mean, I can basically like read the description that we have here in the program. Uh, let me see here. It has the produce executive producer, Len Weissman, um, who also did Lucifer and Sleepy Hollow. It had, uh, Trey Callaway, who was in Revolution CSI New York and, has uh, stars Justin Kirk, who is in Weeds and Tyrant. Natalie Martinez, who is in Kingdom and Under the Dome. And Ernie Hudson, who, I mean, people know him from Ghostbusters. I was like, holy shit, that's the Ghostbusters guy. <laughs> and uh, Grace and Frankie. Uh, they basically talk about their upcoming episodes on Fox, new uh, which is a new high-tech police drama and a discussion surrounding the series 21st Century Crime Fighting Force. And so, like I said, I mean, it pretty much looked like a RoboCop show. Um, where basically like some super rich guy says, okay, Hey, look, we want to take over this precinct. We're going to inject this precinct with a shit ton of money and technology and fight crime.
1: That's the show. That's
0: the whole fucking show. And so, I mean, but even, even when you're looking at it on its face, you know, it does, it does seem like basically what wonder cop is. I mean, cause wonder cop is Robo. about, a... did
1: I say fucking wonder cop again? <laughs> what the fuck?
0: <laughs> I'm Wonder Cop, Robocop, they sound the same. I mean, I guess Wonder Cop no. can be like way better. <laughs> I mean, the like a Wonder Cop movie I could just be awesome, I think that would right? be
1: like a Wonder Woman, like a robot dressed as Wonder Woman. Could it? A Wonder Cop, yeah. Just put Wonder Woman in a police uniform.
0: See, but Robocop was amazing, but Wonder Cop? Imagine what a Wonder Cop could do. They probably
1: have that in Japan.
0: <laughs> Why? That's because racist.
1: That's not racist. Have you seen all the animes and stuff? They have all the technical. Yeah, I guess. Not racist.
0: Racisms.
1: Far-reaching.
0: <laughs> Anyways, um, you know, it it just really seemed, uh, you know, like something that was very borrowed, heavily borrowed from RoboCop, and you know, with RoboCop, I mean, it's essentially the same thing. You know, a private corporation ends up taking over. Um. You know, basically what's Detroit and, you know, this, you know, you know, injecting a lot of technology and money and all this stuff like that, you know, and creating this RoboCop is supposed to fight crime, blah, 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 blah. We all know what RoboCop's about, but basically, you know, that's essentially, you know, what you have here, except this takes place in Chicago. Whoa, let me see another heavily Democratic controlled area that's full of gun laws where the crime rates are super rampant. Chicago and Detroit are basically the same fucking thing, Um, you know, and so this is where this kind of shit's needed, Uh, you know, but I mean, it does, it does, you know, bring up a lot of questions as far as like, you know, people who see this is, you know, what is to come for police departments in terms of uh, what a lot of people describe as like the militarization of police.
1: That's interesting. You
0: know when you're when you're talking about like you know the use of drones and you know other other types of technology that you know you can use to like spy on
1: like those cameras on the street lamps.
0: Right, you know the you know cameras and things like that that you can use to spy on people. And the thing is is to a certain extent, I mean, although this is considered like a sci-fi television show, a lot of that stuff is being utilized now. And
1: say it's not really that far off.
0: Um I mean because like cities like uh they just London. Make the
1: screens look fancier. Yeah, man, they have cameras everywhere in London. London,
0: they have cameras absolutely everywhere. I Don't remember think you're getting away with um, stuff. A, a while back, there was a woman that went missing, and uh, I mean, it, it turned out that she was murdered or whatever. But like, they, they have so much CCTV in London that they were actually able to track like every single point that she had been like in the city before. You know, ultimately she ended up going missing. So it's one of those things where it's already it's already out there, and so people that are like, "Oh my God, what's it going to be like when that happens?" It's here, so even though that was completely unplanned, um, I mean, I, I would say the sh- the panel was pretty was decent. I mean, it was pretty decent, and people had some pretty relevant questions about, um, I, I mean, what the show covers. Um, but mostly, though, I'm just kind of like, I need to get as many pictures as I can of uh, <laughs> of uh, what's his fucking name? I'm like uh, of Ernie Hudson. I took like a. It probably took like six pictures of Ernie Hudson. I was like, oh my God, he's a Ghostbuster. Yeah. So, uh, you know, from that point, uh, right after that, um, Midnight Texas series premiere was what came on afterward. And so the reason we wanted to see this was because um, one of the last things that we had seen at WonderCon last year was the premiere of Preacher, which ended up being pretty damn cool. And so, with this show, we wanted to see the premiere of this show, which um, we didn't know much about. We which didn't know felt much a about lot of it. the
1: same. Hi, Preacher, for primetime TV. Yeah. Although the people sitting behind us said it was True Blood or The Vampire Diaries. But I would probably guess more towards True Blood than The Vampire Diaries, but still mainstream for regular TV. Not your cable audience. So, guess what? There's not a lot of boobies and things in there.
0: Well, and one of the people that's in the show or that's was part of the panel was a star in the Vampire Diaries. I think it was, like, Ariel Kebble. And Yeah, she's
1: in Ballers, too.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, there were a lot of people that were um, part of this panel. Most of the stars um, that were going to be in this show... Um, and so th- this this show was being pushed by WonderCon. It's like on the badges and all that kind of thing. Uh, basically, you know, I'll, I'll kind of read the premise of it just because, like, you know, me like, oh yeah, you know, there's a premiere of the show. It said, uh, it says, Universal Television presents NBC's new supernatural thriller, Midnight Texas. Welcome to a place where being normal is strange and. Only outsiders fit in. Based on the best-selling book series by Charlene Harris, author of the novels that inspired True Blood, comes a journey into a remote Texas town where nothing is what it seems home to a vampire, a witch, an angel, and a hit woman. Midnight is a mysterious safe haven for those who are different, a perfect place for anyone looking to hide from the outside world, that is until the arrival of a powerful psychic and the murder of one of their own, as the town Members fight off outside pressures from ever suspicious cops, deadly micro gangs, and their own dangerous past. Um, they band together and form an unlikely but strong family. Join your fellow midnighters for an exclusive premiere of the pilot episode and a Q&A session with cast members who are Francois Arnaud, who was in the Borgias. Uh, let's see, Dylan Bryce, who's in Orphan Black. Carissa Fitzhenley, who's in Luke Cage, Ariel Kebble in The Vampire Diaries, Jason Lewis from Sex and the City, Mm -hmm. and Sarah Ramos, who's in Parenthood, and the executive producers, Monica Owusu-Breen, who is from Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and David Jonolari, who's from Six Feet Under. Um, I mean, watching it, like, I've watched, like, parts of True Blood. Um... And I've never seen The Vampire Diaries, but that was pretty much like the echo in the room from everybody that we were sitting next to was that was like exactly what this show was. Um, But I mean, even though it's a made for TV show, I thought the show seemed pretty interesting. I mean, a lot of it did seem fairly cliche, but Mm -hmm. you know, at this point, like a lot of these types of shows, you know, you want to be engaging, you want to be interesting, you want to be different. How many different ways can you retell, you know, certain tales, and also at the same time be like super unique?
1: Well, how many times are they going to use her books as a reference? I mean, it's a set of books. There's only so many ways you can handle that set of books. Find something else.
0: Yeah, and I mean, but it was
1: a good show. I'm not complaining about that. I'm just saying, find your own content. Make something else.
0: I mean, but you know, doing that. There's a lot of shit that's pretty much been done to death. I mean, from whatever angle you take it from, whether you're talking, like, Supernatural, or you're talking about somebody with a dark past, or you're talking about somebody that's messed up. I mean... vampire. I mean, if anything, the only way that you can have, like, a super unique show is if you have, like, a show about a regular guy that doesn't have any problems.
1: Nobody because, would watch that.
0: <laughs> I know, but that's, like... That's, like, what nobody would put on TV, right? That's, like, what you haven't watched. Like, everything else... In every variation you've watched, like that's like you know,
1: sitcom territory, though, like right, home improvement, full House,
0: right, because then it'd be a comedy
1: or Nickelodeon shows that are basically all the same, except not even the kids rotate shows, so I mean it's pretty much the same thing over and over again,
0: which I mean, if you kinda of just go into it and just like, okay, I'm not gonna compare it to Vampire Diaries, I'm not gonna compare it to True Blood. And you just like rate it on its face for what it is and what you see, then I mean the show seems decent, you know. Yeah, that
1: beginning part though, I was like, what are we watching?
0: <laughs> yeah. And
1: then it got crazy and it was good.
0: But um, I mean we won't just go into too much detail. I mean other than like, you know the the main character is uh you know on the run, like somebody's trying to find him. He basically goes to this midnight place to kind of lay low. He ends up he, he's like a psychic that like pretends pretends like he's um, you know, like some sort of fraud to make money. But he does actually have psychic abilities and the ability to communicate with dead people. Um which was a trait that was like passed down, you know, through his family. Um he, like he's like comes from a family of like powerful sidekicks and so he gets into town, there's like some sort of evil that awakens when he's trying to help um, officers in some sort of investigation where somebody's murdered who knows some of these other supernatural beings who were like uh, an angel and a vampire and then there's like this hit woman that's laying low there too and of Just course... This really sounds
1: like a setup to a bad joke.
0: <laughs> yeah. They all
1: go into a bar.
0: Yeah. And they're all in a bar too and so... Um, yeah,
1: they really were in the bar.
0: <laughs> and And so like, you know, of course... He runs into some girl who has a dad who's like super protective of her, but they like each other, and so they're sneaking around. And Cause that's
1: Texas for you.
0: Yeah, and and so I mean that's the that's the whole story. You know, you kind of get a little reveal that like one of these guys is like an angel. Um, you know, like toward the end, and there's a whole of there's a heck of a lot of stuff that's going on. Basically, somebody's um, you know somebody gets framed for this girl's murder. Um, who they're pretty sure didn't do it, but they can't prove that he didn't. And, uh, you know, so they basically band together because at this point, they're maybe going to try to prove this guy's innocence. Initially, they were going to try to rescue him from the police, but that was going to draw a lot of unwanted attention if uh, they had done that. So they basically let the police take him into custody and, you know, pretty much they band together and that's kind of where it cuts out. And so, you know, at this point... Now you just have to wait and watch and see and hope that it stays on long enough for the story to develop before, you know, the, I guess the, you know, I guess the, um, the channel, you know, gets nervous, you know, as to, you know, what the ratings are and decides whether or not they're going to pull the plug.
1: Yeah, NBC Uh, doesn't have a great track record with their shows anymore, so.
0: They let it go for like a couple of episodes and if it's not like blowing shit out of the water, they just fucking yank it.
1: Yeah, so maybe not get too attached to them. Yeah. I mean, watch it so you can, but also no hard feelings if it goes away.
0: And so, um, you know, right after that, one of the next uh, things that was scheduled was um, Sci-Fi's The Magicians. And so they played an episode of that show, uh, The Magicians. And so normally when I've gone to previous uh, previous conventions, I will normally write a little bit of notes about whatever... And try to, like, note, like, people that are on the panel. But normally with WonderCon, they're usually, like, you know, like, they have absolutely everything in the catalog, so you don't really have to do any of that. But in the case of, uh, in the case of the sci-fi show, or the, uh, sci-fi panel, it's actually not listed in there. So, we... Let me see. Pretty much, I'm telling you, it's not in there.
1: Let me see.
0: Because, let's see, Saturday's program has Sci-Fi the Magicians, and it's supposed to start at 1 o'clock. And so right before this is so there's Midnight Texas, and so as you're looking, one o'clock starts right here with the Geek uh-huh. and Sundry.
1: And there it is.
0: Shut up, man! I looked twice. <laughs> I looked twice. I can't believe this. It's like in the corner. Because that's in the where corner. the
1: paragraph starts. Is at the bottom of the page. Yeah, it's bullshit. It's you can't all just skim. bullshit. You can't Anyways, skim. I didn't
0: fucking skim, man. I just didn't see it.
1: So anyways, all right. It just magically appeared there. It
0: did. You put it there. (laughs) So um, from one to two, we stayed in that room and they had the sci-fis, the magicians. um, And so basically the premise of this is how about a trip to Fillory and further members of the cast and the executive producers present an inside look at the magician sci-fi's hit show. Based on Lev Grossman's best-selling novels, with only three episodes remaining this season, you might want to bring a batch of truth serum to uncover some secrets. And so they show an episode I'd never heard of the show. We basically just sat yep. there because we're like, "Hey, look, they're going to play another episode of a different show we don't know anything about." Seems cool.
1: How they just showed clips in that one, like I the th- blooper reel. I felt
0: like they showed a shitload, huh. like fucking. How to talk like, to the, the dragon.
1: I don't think it was a complete show.
0: They showed enough. It was part. It was pretty much like, hey, look, this is our panel, but we're going to show a shit ton of clips so much so that it's like basically like a whole fucking episode. And then they took questions. It it was a lot of clips. It was a grip.
1: So they don't have to talk as much and you don't get to ask the questions. Yeah. Like what's going to happen to whoever, whatever. Well,
0: you know, when people ask that obnoxious shit and they know that nobody can really tell you, but people ask anyways.
1: They just look stupid.
0: Yeah. Everybody's just kind of like groaning when people ask those questions like, ugh.
1: But also a fun panel.
0: Yeah, it was good. Um, Let's see. So right after that was um, from 2 to 315, which was Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., executive producer and head of Marvel Television, Jeff Loeb, series stars and producers of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. talk all things season four Find out what's coming up with a QA and a and special screening of a never-before-seen episode. The action-packed series for Marvel Television returns this April, airing Tuesday at 10, 9 central on ABC. Now, that was they actually show. did play an episode of that, and basically what they reveal is that, oh shit, it's not going to be Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it's going to be Agents of HYDRA. Basically, they're in like some alternate universe where like some of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., are now agents of Hydra, and then a- the other agents of Shield are basically trying to rescue their colleagues from this alternate reality. But the thing is, in this reality, um, like pretty much like everything is is Hydra, and you know there are no agents of Shield anymore, and you know they're basically being hunted down.
1: People like freak out.
0: Yeah, people like you know they basically turn you in immediately. So, um, it was pretty interesting. They did show that episode, which, I mean, shit made me want to watch it, because I haven't watched, like, in, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like, at all. Mm
1: -mm. But,
0: uh, after the show, I was kind of like, you know what? Maybe we should, um, watch the first season and just, like, start watching all the fucking shows to catch up to this season and, uh, you know, see what's up, because it seemed pretty decent. Um, so then... From that episode, we go to um, let's see. Right after that was uh, Rogue One: The Magic Behind the Mission. Um, basically, with that panel, they were basically showing how they developed, um, you know, Snoke, uh, you know, the face capture stuff, you know, how they, um, you know, developed. Some of the graphics for the starships and like, you know, the practical effects that were put into effect from like the different programs that they use and like how long it took them to like develop all of this stuff and, you know, like how difficult it really was to like do this, do the Snoke scenes. Um, And basically they were saying like, you know, if they were ever, if the company was ever to approach us and basically be like, hey, you know what, we're going to, we're going to do a show where there's like a bunch of these like digital you know, digital people that like, it would just be too much because of all of the time and effort that goes into like the motion capture. Um, when you're talking about the face and like, you know, the study that goes into like a specific person, mm-hmm. it was just, uh, incredibly time consuming, but they did a good job. So. That um, one was that day. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was a lot. It almost seemed like they blended together. Cause we were in that room for a while. Um, Yeah so then it was a after, long time my butt hurt yeah it was i mean we had that's i mean that's part of the reason we kept moving up closer too was just to kind of like stretch our legs <laughs> um right after that one we went to uh or we, no, we, we didn't really went we scooted up and stayed in the room to see IndieWire's fan favorite showrunners uh which was moderated by indy wire's executive editor Mar- uh, michael schneider uh, let's see it says an all-star panel of showrunners behind some of the coolest TV out there will swap stories and insights about the behind the scenes inner workings of your favorite shows panelists include Mark Guggenheim from Arrow DC Legends of Tomorrow Jessica Goldberg The Path Jonah Ray Mystery Science Theater 3000 Hidden America with Jonah Ray Sarah Gamble The Magicians Raphael Bob Wasberg BoJack Horseman and Aline Brosh McKenna from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend Um, that one, I, I mean, it wasn't something that like, we were kind of like aching to see per se. Not really. It was just kind of like, okay, we basically have to stay in here and watch this panel because we want to keep our seats so that we can see all the other shit. Um, because right after that was the Nerdist panel and we were like, oh, we kind of want to see what's up with the Nerdist panel. So basically sat through that one. (laughs) Um, honestly, I don't even remember much about what they talked about.
1: Um, how dark Bojack Horseman got. <laughs> yeah. And using profanity and singing songs about periods. That's about all I remember out of that one, so.
0: <laughs> I, mean, they, I mean, they talked about some funny stuff, but mostly it was forgettable. Like, it didn't really stick out. and Like, a lot of stuff didn't really stick out. For me, anyways. I mean, Amanda remembered more than I fucking did. I couldn't tell you anything that they talked about. Um, so that's because
1: the period song was gross.
0: It was a little gross. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> right after that, they did the Nerdist panel, um, the Nerdist crew, including, uh, Jessica Chobo, um, host of, uh, Nerdist News, Kyle Hill, um, Because Science, Rachel Hine from, a uh, Nerdist Editor-in-Chief, Andrew Bowser, Nerdist Supervisor, Creative Producer, Mike Shaw, who's a Nerdist Head of Video, Uh, Joan Ford, Nerdist writer, and Aristotle Arcevedo, who's the Nerdist podcast producer, talk sci-fi superheroes, and discuss what it's like to work at Nerdist with Dan Casey, who's the Dan Cave, who's moderating. Now, this one was actually pretty funny. And then, like, two of the guys had actually done, like, videos, like, parodying each other. Um, uh, One was about um, Kyle Hill, um, because science... I can't think of who the other... Uh, who was the other one? Was it Mike Shaw? Dan. The who? guy that was moderating. Was it Dan Casey? Yes. Oh, okay. So Dan from the Dan Cave and Kyle Hill basically did videos of each other basically mocking how each of them like does their programs. And those videos were really fucking funny. Yeah, they were. Those things stood out. They did really good impressions of each other. Um, just in general. the I mean, the panel, aside from the videos... Um, you know, it was really funny watching them work together. I mean, obviously they work together a ton and you can kind of tell just basically, you know, how they're talking like amongst themselves and things like that, that, um, you know, they're used to playing jokes and are, you know, a pretty close group of people. It just kind of shows, you know,
1: seems like a good place
0: to work. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's funny. Like you can be like, oh yeah, these are all the panelists from this show. And then so, like, people are talking about a show, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're like family. We like each other so much. But, like, they're all stiff as a board and acting, like, super weird around each other while they're sitting at the table. Yeah. You know, whereas, like, these guys are like, yeah, we work together. Ho, 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 ho. You know, and just, like, generally just, like, joking around and pranking and, uh, I don't know. I thought that panel was, like, worth the wait, you know, um, sitting through the other previous panel. They were really funny. It was at that time that I actually received a text message from my sister and my sister sent me this link and she's like, oh my God, they're premiering the, um, Rick and Morty season three first episode that they like basically put on YouTube and she's like, click this link. And I'm like, yeah, right, bitch. I'm not clicking that link. It's going to be like a Rickroll video or like a <laughs> cockpit or something.
1: Rickroll.
0: Yeah. It's going to be like something like super like, oh, I fucking got you. Because it's April 1st, right? And I'm like, I'm not going to fucking believe... My my sister's a fucking jokester too. Like, she's always trying to, like, pull shit on me. So I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm not clicking that link. And then there were other people that were like, no, yeah, really. It's not a joke.
1: Because someone presented it as a question, even though it wasn't really a question. And
0: they were basically just telling the panelists, like, oh, yeah, Rick and Morty season three is on YouTube right now. And even the panelists were like, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> Nobody believed it because I mean it's April first and everybody's like that
1: was the point.
0: Like waiting like with yeah, with bated breath to watch, you know, Rick and Morty season three, which you know, good for the people that uh, you know, decided to premiere the episode on April first. It it was it was a good one. Because there were a lot of people who were like, Yeah, right, I'm not clicking that shit and then people were like, No, I should have clicked it.
1: We haven't uh, recorded.
0: Yeah, we do. So it's all good. Which, by the way, Rick and Morty um, season three, episode one was amazing, and I really hope that Rick finds his Mulan chess sauce. Yeah, <laughs> that was good.
1: Maybe Disney or maybe McDonald's will do it when the live-action Mulan movie comes out.
0: You know, which is funny. I mean, we're totally going on like something completely different and related to WonderCon at this point, and kind of focusing on uh, season three. Episode one of Rick and Morty, but
1: www.rickymorty.com
0: <laughs> yeah. Rick
1: and Morty forever.
0: <laughs> With that said is, you know, I actually read like today that there were like social justice warriors out there saying that the, you know, calling the Mulan Szechuan sauce, the, the Szechuan sauce, that it was racist,
1: it was for a promotion. People just get hurt over everything. I'm no, sorry.
0: What's like not racist about it, it's like, oh, you're you're putting the Szechuan sauce with the Mulan movie. But it's like Szechuan sauce was named after the province from which it originated in China. That's why it's called a Szechuan sauce. And because it's originated from Szechuan province in China, How can it be racist to be associated with Mulan, who's supposed to be a Chinese fucking hero? Like, how is that racist at all?
1: Like I said, people get hurt over everything. Apparently, there's a big move right now. Everyone wants a colored poison ivy. They don't think a white woman should play poison ivy anymore. Yeah.
0: Why? Like, is there a reason? Because
1: women of color need to be seen more. That's, that's it? it. Yep.
0: Wow. Yep. What was that like? God fucking changed all work or something? Like it's some person like, oh, we need fucking ten thousand signatures so the president can address why a colored person is not playing fucking. I have well, to that doesn't tell doesn't make you, any sense like that's like so left field. Like, why would that even come about?
1: Being white on Twitter is a, not a good time right now for us white folks. <laughs> Seriously, everything is a stab at white people, and it's like um. It's racism, people. You're racist. You want to yell at white people for being racist, but when you say, hey, white people, you're racist. It'd be like me saying, hey, black people. So rude. Yeah. But anyways, but yeah, so that's been a thing. People want a colored poison ivy for no reason other than women of color need to be seen, which I get. Don't send hate mail. I get that. But it's a character change that doesn't need to be made.
0: Uh, To me, it just... I mean, to me, it just doesn't make any sense why it would just come out of left field. Like, if there was some reason or, like, something happened with Poison Ivy recently and then it's kind of like, okay, well, let's... I It just... I don't know. That's stupid. It is I, stupid. I mean, I know my thought process on talking about this when you brought it up isn't, like, super articulate. I just find it really silly that we keep finding ourselves... Talking about race constantly as it relates to characters or reverse racism for like, okay, we need to eliminate this color so that we can overrepresent this other color or this color is underrepresented. And so we're constantly on the topic of talking about race when we really shouldn't be, you know, but we find ourselves doing that exact thing that we're trying not to do anymore.
1: If you don't want people to label you, you shouldn't label others.
0: Right. So it just it just. But I totally
1: understand the outrage about Iron Fist guys. That should have been an Asian
0: dude, (laughs) or something, or a better show. Just a better show in general. (laughs) The Iron Fist was
1: bad. I mean, we watched it to the end, but man,
0: yeah, it was pretty bad. I mean, in general, in general, the fucking show was just like terrible. I mean, we did go through the whole thing, but it was one of those things where it was just like it's so slow, and then it would seemed like it was maybe going to get good but then it like peaked early and then just went back to being like really slow. Yeah. like It seemed like they were trying like super really super 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 hard to character build but like the characters themselves were just like super two dimensional and boring.
1: I'm really hoping that they focused all that character building on him for this one because they're going to do it the right way in the defenders where they don't have to explain anybody's backstory they can just get in there and fight and go
0: which i mean for the iron fist like how many times did you actually see his fist turn to iron like like five times he was always like oh i can't turn my fist into iron because my chi is spent you're just like holy fuck dude like Go to the
1: cheese spawn, dude. Like, buy some chia seeds. I don't know, but you need to do something because your not glowing fist just looks real
0: stupid. It's one of those things where it's like Batman had more powers than him like for not having like any fucking powers. Batman
1: just bought his powers.
0: Yeah, like seriously, like Batman could have like just beat the shit out of this guy. And like, you know, just, I mean, it's, it's, it's fucking Batman. But I'm just saying like Batman has zero powers, but like is more of a superhero than fucking Iron Fist is. Like, Iron Fist is supposed to have, like, these special abilities and be, like, super incredible and shit. And, like, there's nothing about him that's incredible because he's, like, just, like, super weak and, like, constantly, like, oh, I can't make it work.
1: Yeah, any criminal wanting to do some, you know, some pain in, in his area, just wait for him to have a bad day. Let him get emo and then be like, oh, your fist doesn't work? Bam, gonna rob a bank.
0: Yeah, it's it was pretty ridiculous. Just all around boring and, uh... So fix uh, it, Netflix. (laughs) And so let's get back on track with uh, the seventh panel. (laughs) Oh, what happened? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, WonderCon. Um, Well, we should just
1: call this the miscellaneous show with WonderCon as a guide.
0: Yeah. We'll just kind of go off topic when we feel it's necessary. Um, So after we did the Nerdist panel, we, we initially were going to cut out after that, but we stayed for the... Um, panel right after it, which was Nerdist Science with Kyle Hill, The Science of Mass Effect. And so, um, Kyle Hill's uh, in Because Science and Mythbusters, The Search. Um, and the panelists were also Matthew Patrick, who's uh, the game theorist, Matt Pat's Game Lab, uh, Diana Cowern, who's uh, PBS's, um, The Physics Girl, Raquel Nuno, who's UCLA's Earth and Planetary and Space Science. Um, and also the Mars 2020 project and Jennifer Oulette, the physics of the Buffyverse and cocktail party physics discussed the surprisingly accurate science in the sci-fi video game franchise Mass Effect which I think I played like the first one I haven't played like any of the other Mass I haven't played the other Mass Effects at all and I I don't even think I didn't even think I finished the first one Um, but I was just curious to see like what they were what they were going to talk about specifically and uh, basically the whole panel is just like, okay, this is what you see in the, this is what you see in the show. Is it feasible that we can see some sort of technology like that in the future? And how accurate is the technology that they describe in the show? And so, um, you know, when you're talking about like traveling with, uh, you know, ships and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, some of these people, um, you know, actually have like a practical knowledge of like science and, theory and travel and stuff like that. And so like you get some people that are like, yeah, that would like literally kill you, you know? So no, it's not practical. But then like, you know, they're like, well, you know, this could feasibly happen if X, Y, Z, um, you know, so it was just, it was interesting to hear somebody who was intelligent, like had the intelligence on that level to talk about or talk about like the like a sci-fi video game. From a practical standpoint, I thought was pretty cool, but...
1: I wasn't a big fan of that panel, honestly. I mean, they were funny, but it it was kind of boring as well. The day was long. I was done, so...
0: Yeah, so there's a... That was pretty much it at that point. I mean, at the end of that day, we pretty much... We
1: left after that panel. Yeah,
0: we left after that panel. I mean, we were going to do something later that night because there was some anime stuff that was taking place later, but um, there was some stuff related to, like, Sword Art Online that I wanted to do. But then it was kind of like one of those things where I was like, you know what? Let's just go do something for the fuck of it. And so we ended up leaving, and we, we drove down to, like, Long Beach... Huntington Um, Beach. We drove down to Huntington Beach and we were actually like trying to look for a truck to buy. Only to find out that no, we're not going to buy a truck. Because apparently, even though my car is... I'm not upside down on my car. You know, obviously, for anybody who knows this, when you try to trade in a car, they basically like lowball you with some bullshit offer. When like you could totally sell your car for like what it's valued at. But, you know, a trade in, they're going to try to offer you like fucking... Four grand less because they're a business and they need to make a lot of profit. And I was like, fuck off, because my car is actually, like, really nice. So I was like, uh, no, I'm not giving you my fucking car. So, um, we, uh, pretty much did that that night. And, uh, what was funny is, like, prior to this, when we had tried to check in to our hotel that day, it's, like, some dude from, like, Worldmark is like, oh, hey, you know, if you do attend this breakfast, you know, you're gonna, um... You're going to get a chance to uh, get this uh, gift card. All you got to do is just hang out for a little while and listen to these people. So pretty much after talking to um, this dude from Worldmark, we had agreed to go to this fucking breakfast um, Sunday morning, which when he we were like, OK, we we don't have no interest in a timeshare. You know, we already have access to a timeshare like we're good. He's like, oh no no no, it's not a timeshare. Like it's just a presentation. It's like, uh huh, yeah. We knew yeah. exactly what the fuck was going on. And they're like, okay, we'll give you a. Uh, we'll, we'll, it's it's for seventy five dollars. All you have to do is just sit there for a little while, and we'll give you a seventy five dollar gift card. And I'm like, hmm. I'm like, eh. and he's all, if you do it, I'll give you a hundred. I'm like, okay, fuck it, yeah, for a hundred bucks. So, um. So we agree and so they were going to schedule it for, I think we scheduled it for 8am and we did that because the, um, let's see, so WonderCon, you know, starts at 10 o'clock so we figured we'll stay just long enough so that we can qualify for this gift card, you know, I mean maybe they'll give us some sort of super good offer and we'll end up taking home a timeshare or whatever, but uh, ultimately we would still get to WonderCon, you know, when it's opening. Um, We go to this fucking breakfast We sit there, we hear this pitch, and then like, they're like, okay, so yeah, selling you a timeshare, which is exactly what the guy said it wasn't. Yep. So we go there, and the fucking timeshare is like, oh yeah, it's going to be like
1: $30,000
0: or something like that, and we'll finance you, and it's only going to cost you like $400 a month or $450 a month or some shit, and like, plus these fees and stuff, and I'm like, fuck that, like, I mean, like. No fucking way. Like, that's retarded. Like, that's super expensive. Like, and what's funny is, like, like, oh, no, it's not. You know, this is is normal prices, and we're, like, giving you a huge break. And then after we're, like, uh, no, we're done. They're, like, all right, well, let's send in this other guy so we can do, like, an exit survey before we send you on your way. The closer. Yeah. Then they're, like, oh, well, we'll offer it to you for, like, a third. It's, like, oh, really? You weren't going to offer that price to me, like, fucking... You know, five minutes ago when you were going to charge me 40 fucking thousand dollars. Because it's but always
1: a trial. You're not keeping it. Well,
0: well then it was like, oh, well, we'll still offer you this other thing that's even less. And it's like, uh, no. So, um, needless to say, we got the fuck out of there. Didn't get the timeshare, but we did get a $100 gift card, which gave us spending money to WonderCon, which we spent every penny within, like, the first two hours.
1: Because that's what you do.
0: Yeah, might as well. Um... So for the second, for the second day, we wanted to focus more on the, on the floor. And, uh, you know, for the floor, we ended up, um, shit, where do we go first? Like we, I mean, we went to the, like, uh, we went to the MSI booth and we checked some shit out at the, uh, at the MSI booth, which, I mean, we kind of entered for a contest, but we were like,
1: we never came back. We
0: never went back because we're just like, you know, realistically, how many other people are putting in for this contest to like win prizes? I mean, realistically, like, what are our chances of winning? And so we're just like, you know what? Let's just... Because as it so happened, like, the one or two panels that we actually wanted to do, their their fucking... uh, Their contest, like, ticket-calling times, like, interfered with the, the panels we wanted to go to. So it's like, uh, just forget it. I'd rather go to the panels and, you know, enjoy some content of the convention as opposed to, you know... Possibly winning something at this uh, at this booth, that's more than likely not going to happen. So, uh, but you know, but I was trying out um, one of the uh, MSI laptops there, and it was so nice that I actually kind of regretted buying my Alienware laptop. I just because, like it
1: because of the keyboard. It's the rainbow one.
0: Yeah, it's it. It was pretty nice. The thing is, is um. For those, I mean, most people probably know this, or, you know, maybe some don't, is that Dell actually purchased Alienware. And so Alienware...
1: So that should be a big want-want, though, because everyone that's ever had a Dell laptop is like, barf, they don't work very well.
0: Yeah, and and so, you know, essentially, um, from what I've heard is that since Dell has actually purchased Alienware, that the quality of Alienware is tanked. And that essentially Alienware is now basically rebranded Dell's. But they're still charging a premium price for the name. So I'm one of those suckers who purchased one of these um, high-end Alienware laptops. Only to have two different claims in the first year of the manufacturer's warranty. And I pretty much feel compelled to purchase an additional two years of warranty from Dell. Only because I know if I don't, then I'm probably going to have a, you know, an expensive brick. Um, in my computer room, if I don't maintain some sort of, you know, manufacturer's warranty coverage, because I've had nothing but issues with my Alienware computer since I've had it. When it does work, it works fucking phenomenal. Um, you know, but there's, I've had the motherboard go out twice, which, you know, a mobile going out twice within a year, like, that's pretty fucking ridiculous. Um, you know, so... They just had a bunch of other problems, stability issues and, and whatnot. So, with that said, once, uh, you know, the Alienware basically uh, times out, I am getting an MSI or an Asus. That's getting one of the two. I haven't decided, uh, you know, which one specifically, but probably an MSI. Never buying an Alienware again. I bought one. If you it's get terrible. the pretty
1: laptop... With the, the pretty keyboard, then I deserve to get the actual keyboard for my computer. But, you know, the good one. The Chrome. Is it Chrome? Oh, yeah. You want that. The Black Odo. Like, it's like
0: 150 bucks. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, pretty nice. It's, it's super nice. It's
1: rainbow colors. Yeah.
0: She's been wanting a damn keyboard for like ever. So. um, But, yeah. That's uh, pretty much another side note there. Alienware. Womp womp. Get an MSI uh let's see with that said we ended up going to um initially we were gonna go buy the official wondercon shirts the designs were okay but they just weren't wowing me i mean like i have like i think i have the 2013 wondercon shirt which i thought that one was like pretty nice the thing is though is i didn't get the official wondercon shirt that time either it was like a We Love Fine design that was like a WonderCon exclusive. And I fucking love that shirt. Like I wear the shit out of it. Um and so you know, and and in years since I would always go to the the We Love Fine uh T shirt booth because they normally have a lot of nice designs and uh this time we went by there, Amanda ended up finding something that she liked.
1: That's my Deadpool shirt. Which... It has tacos. And Deadpool, it's cute.
0: And it's like a what, what's the material? It's like thin, thin. I mean, it's, it's very, <laughs> it's very silky.
1: It's, it's a blouse that's see through, so
0: it's not see through. Um, it's yeah, black. It is. I mean, it's very thin. No,
1: it's like a thin see through. You need to wear a tank top under it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was, it or was pretty nice though. Like, I mean, I, I'd say the shirt was about forty dollars. And what was funny is initially. Um, You know, she always likes to make her way over to the uh her universe booth because normally they have some pretty trendy shit there. They had
1: the Groot shirt. Okay, she likes she
0: liked this fucking Groot shirt and like okay. You know, Groot's cute, yeah, you know, everybody loves Groot, haha, you know, I like Guardians of the Galaxy as much as anybody else. You don't
1: love baby Groot
0: like I do. No, okay. The fucking tree is cute, right? But I'm just saying, like, I'm not like, oh, my God, I love Groot. Like, I have to buy everything that has a fucking character on it. I'm just going to throw my money at it just because it has a baby tree. Like, the thing is... Groot giving you a hug. The thing is, it's a fucking little baby Groot on a t-shirt. It's a regular-ass fucking t-shirt. Regular-ass cotton. It's not, like, some sort of fucking, you know, like, you know, like, special fucking, you know, woven with gold cotton. It's a regular fucking t-shirt with Groot on it. And... You know, on this t-shirt, and and, and the cost of this fucking t-shirt in her universe is like 40 bucks, and it's just a green fucking shirt. Now, you segue over to, you know, you go back to We Love Fine, and she's able to get a nice, you know, silky looking blouse that's got like Deadpool and tacos or whatever. It actually looks like a fun shirt that you could, you know, feasibly do like a business casual kind of look. Party as opposed time. as opposed to like just a t shirt, whatever, and it costs the same amount of money.
1: You should see the stuff that it, her universe made for the Star Wars celebration. Oh my goodness! There is a jacket that is just so cute, and apparently it's available at Hot Topic right now. Just so you know, but it's really cute and it's also expensive. That's just how she rolls. That's yeah, how she rolls. I'm it's expensive.
0: I'm glad it wasn't there because you'd have been like, oh, I want that. I want to use the credit card for that. It's
1: cute. It's like a I'll show you later. It's cute. It's
0: Any, cute. Anyway, so we got the uh, the the Visa gift card that we got for the $100. We ended up buying the the her Deadpool blouse and then I ended up buying um just like some dude's t-shirt from like some booth, like
1: some random guy. Yeah, it was
0: just like I don't even know what booth it was from, but the shirt seemed cool enough. Um it, it was just like it looked like a like, an MLB-type badge, but it was, like, a guy <laughs> shooting a machine gun. It says, like, FPS, which, I mean, I guess could be, like, feet per second or frames per second or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, you know, I play airsoft, so it could be feet per second, like, but whatever. Um, so, I mean, we went to a bunch of other booths, just kind of looked at, you know, looked at random stuff. I thought one of the coolest booths, though, was, um, what was that one that had, like, it was like a big-ass box? Then like, people were, like, you had to turn a little knob and they had to like exploding put their money kittens. in. kittens. Yeah, exploding kittens. They had this like fucking um like vending thing that was like a huge cardboard box where they had to like turn this like cardboard dial and like people were inside the box with like little signs to reply to people. It was the silliest thing ever but everybody loved it and like it caused like a huge thing of congestion because people all wanted to see this thing in action um but that was actually pretty fun and I mean, at some point, I actually wanted to, like, buy something cheap just to, like, play with little fucking dials, as silly as that sounds. Um, That's where they get ya. Yeah, I know. And so, you know, we walked around, and, you know, DC was giving away comics like to do every year. Um, um, But at this point, we um, were like, okay, you know, let's attend a panel or two, and then, you know, pretty much just kind of wrap it up. So, um, the first panel that we wanted to go to... Was one that stood out from last year. Um, we like accidentally attended this panel, right? <laughs> we were like,
1: yeah.
0: we were like already in a room uh, last year at WonderCon, <laughs> and we actually were like, "Who the fuck are these guys? This is a fuck. This is really funny." And so we saw that they were going to be here again this year, and so we went to. um their panel, which is uh, from one thirty to 2.30, and it was Collider Movie Trivia Schmodown. Um, basically, the uh, premise is, ever wonder what movie trivia would be like with the theatrics of the WWE and the competitiveness of the UFC? Collider's video, popular game show, the Movie Trivia Schmodown, comes to WonderCon Anaheim. Popular characters like the outlaw John Rocha, Mark, Baby Carrots Ellis, and Little okay. Evil JTE among others, will be on hand to discuss what makes the Schmodown the Schmodown. Kristen Harloff and John Campia will break down how the league came to be, what has happened in Season 4 thus far, and what's to come for the rest of the year. There will be smack talk, there will be trivia, there they will be a Schmodown. And so, the whole show is basically like a WWE-themed, like, They talk loud, they talk shit, they get introduced like they're, you know, entering in a fucking arena. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, there's doubles, there's tag teams, there's different, uh, you know, categories. You know, for like, and they they win actual like big championship belts, which is (laughs) super funny. But it has to do with like trivia. And so, you know, it can be like some random trivia. It can be like trivia specific to Star Wars or specific to like, you know, any, you know, kind of trilogy, or just like a genre, you know, like when, you know, when did these movies come out, like what year, or something like that, like just super obscure facts, and so these guys are like really good at it, you know, there's a lot of people that are in the audience, they're like, oh, I could take these dudes, but you probably couldn't, um, and so it's just really, it's just really funny, if you haven't, um, heard or seen these guys before, you know, I would definitely check out like Collider Movie Trivia Schmodown and you know, check these dudes out. They are hilarious. Um, I really enjoy seeing them when they come to the convention. Um, I haven't watched or listened as much as I would like to, but I definitely want to follow them just because they are really entertaining. Um, they had a huge cast this time. I mean, everybody, like, everyone from the fucking cast, like, showed up, like, the entire stage was full. Um we're pretty much running out of time cuz I think my my
1: uh By phone.
0: yeah my recorder's about to die so and <laughs> we move on to the next panel which was from 2:30 to 3:30 which is film threats Mega movie war 2017 boring which was super boring so I'm not even going to talk about like what the premise is but basically it was just like oh this movie's coming out what do you think about it and people were like meh I don't know, I think it'll be okay, or it's gonna be lame, or whatever. It's kinda like, there was, like, nothing insightful about, like, any of the movies that were taking place, or... Nope. ...anything, like...
1: You can't use your hangover as an excuse. It just sucked, guys.
0: Yeah. Sucked. Yeah, apparently everybody got, like, super party-hardy the night before, and so, like, everything was just, like, super short answers. I mean, I could even see where it looked like the moderator was kinda of getting frustrated, cause he's, like, trying to get something going... But like the panelists in general were just kind of like super short to the point. There was like no elaboration and anything that they were talking about, like any movie that could have had, you know, some lively debate, you know, even people playing like a, you know, devil's advocate to kind of just like, you know, get something rolling. Like there was just nothing there. Like it was super boring. Boring. And then, so there was something that was going to be like right after it that I guess was going to have them too. And we were like peace the fuck out like too boring yeah we were like nope thank you we've seen enough and bye and and apparently they they do some sort of podcast too that they were
1: recording it
0: yeah they were recording it there and i'm just kind of like man this (laughs) is a
1: boring ass podcast yeah
0: (laughs) we were kind of like hey (laughs) we were kind of like thinking like should we leave in in the middle of it but we We actually had like super like we're in the very front seats and so we're like, uh, eh, we're going to be respectful and wait until they're done.
1: Shouldn't have, though, because they were boring. <laughs>
0: yeah, we should have hit the ripcord and just bounced. Huh? Um, you know, at that point, you know, we basically went back to the convention floor. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you mm-hmm. know, then just kind of, like, moseyed on our way out of, uh, WonderCon once we'd, once we'd basically, you know, had our fill of everything there was to do. You know, grabbed a little, grabbed a little something to eat, and then hit the road, huh? um, you know, all in all, the convention was a lot of fun. It was really nice being able to attend it two days because I felt like we were able to get, like, a crap load done just because we were able to take our time on the floor.
1: Well, yeah, because we spent a day in the panels.
0: Yeah, I mean, the like, we got a whole day of panels, all the panels that we wanted to see and do, and then we still had a whole extra day to kind of, you know, take our time going, you know, around the floor and not having to, like, rush from one booth to the other. I mean, we generally have a list of ones we want to hit, you know, and... There's other ones that like we wouldn't mind seeing, but they're just generally like are always busy, you know, like Capcom and other big ones. They're just like always like super busy. And so, you know, with that said, um, it it was just nice to at least be able to do it two days. I mean, you I mean, we've done it like, you know, just the one day in the past, which mean you could totally do. It's like doable, especially if you only want to attend like two or three panels and then like, you know, run around on the floor. It's doable. I mean, you could just do the one day and be happy. But it was definitely nice to be able to do, like, Saturday and Sunday. Um, And so, I mean, that's pretty much it for WonderCon. We were really happy. We love going every year. Um, You know, we're going to go next year, of course. And that's the one thing we make sure that we always do attend. Um, You know, and so with this uh, past uh, week or so that's gone by, um, you know, BlizzCon tickets officially sold out. Um, we were we actually... You
1: Blizzard.
0: Yeah, and we'll get to that in one second. I mean, I know we're running out of time, but we fucking have to talk about this. Is that, um, you know, uh, in, in the second batch of, uh, well, I mean, I guess basically like open open purchasing for Comic-Con, we were actually able to obtain a ticket, although it wasn't, you know, the, the days that we would like to have attended. Hi, Thursday. But, yeah, we got Thursday. Way! But you know what? At least now we can... Do the presale and hopefully get better tickets for next year. And so. dear
1: BlizzCon and dear San Diego Comic Con, please do not put your badge sales on at the same day and an hour apart. That's very stressful. Yeah. That just was, so you know.
0: Yeah, that, that that was shitty. And I mean, I so say okay, so. Yay! You know, we got San Diego Comic Con tickets to Thursday. Yay! We're gonna be in the presale next year. Woohoo! We're probably gonna get better tickets. Unless but,
1: they redo their system again.
0: Yeah, which fucking better not. So, anyways, getting on to BlizzCon, and, like, it, I don't know how much fucking time we have, but we have limited. So, BlizzCon, what the fuck? Like, this is such bullshit, you know, I mean, eight yeah. Eight
1: seconds each time they sold out on eight seconds.
0: Like, it's, it's fucking retarded. Like, if you don't, the thing is, <laughs> is I've always clicked right on the motherfucking dot. Like, as soon as it says, you know, as soon as it hits the time, you know, that you're able to start purchasing tickets they always fucking glitch out the second of, and it always says, oh, you cannot buy tickets yet. So then you have to refresh and re-click it, but guess what? It's already been like two or three seconds before you get that extra refresh rate, and guess what? A gajillion people have already hit the fucking link in the amount of time it's taking you to refresh your page. So that four seconds literally fucks you, because every single time you click it on the moment of... Some people don't get through and they have to fucking refresh it. It always fucking happens. They had the thing a lot
1: that, of complaints about that this year too. Yeah,
0: it's bullshit. It's happened like every fucking year. I mean, even in the years where we actually were able to get tickets, that that bullshit happened and for some reason, through some fucking miracle, we are able to get a ticket. But it makes no sense to me that somehow we've only been able to attend one year. We attended two years, but only because I won tickets. But there's people that have attended like eight, nine years in a row. How the fuck... I mean, and I know yeah. a lot of these people are, like, you know, doing badge buying groups where they're buying, like, multiple tickets and, like, everybody's doing this whole bullshit. But the thing is, is um, Blizzard and, you know, how they sell their tickets, it's completely scalper friendly. You know, w- w- when you're talking about buying tickets for, like, something like Comic-Con, you know, you gotta have, you know, your name and your sign-in and all this stuff and, like, you can buy tickets, but... You know, if you're buying tickets from multiple people, you have to have, like, their actual username, and it has to be that person who's getting the badge, yada, yada, yada. But with, with, uh, with Blizzard and BlizzCon tickets, you know, you can buy, you know, X amount of tickets, and, you know, you can all put them under the same name, mm-hmm. and you can swap the name afterward to whoever you want it to be, so... You know, people are buying four, eight, or however many tickets they want to. And the minute they fucking sell out, if you go to eBay, which I did, within, I swear to God, a minute of these fucking things selling out, they're already like eight or nine, you know, different people posting on eBay, selling sets of two tickets, selling a set of four tickets, selling single tickets, you know, for, you know, $300 minimums, you know, obviously with seven days left, you you know, these tickets... Are gonna sell for seven, eight, nine hundred dollars a piece to
1: get into the thousands easily. And
0: it's crazy because Blizzard's allowing this to happen. They're not doing anything to stop it. You know, they're not adding like some sort of captcha feature so that like you have to prove that it's not a fucking bot, you know, that's buying these tickets. You know, they're allowing these tickets to be transferred to, you know, a bunch of random names because all these people are doing is they're buying bunches of tickets putting them on eBay and then somebody's sending their information and then they're going into Blizzard and changing it to whoever it is they sold it to. You know, but it's fucking bullshit because people that legitimately want to go, fans, can't go and spend the, the, the price point that Blizzard set. They're having to spend, you know, five, six times the amount of money that it'll normally cost to attend, the t- to attend the fucking convention because people were just buying handfuls of them and then reselling them because there's profit to be made because Blizzard's allowing it to happen and something needs to be fucking done about this i mean i would never i mean as much as as much as i kind of hate the way like comic cons like you know basically like reaped people you know from the pool of people that can attend every year because you know you, you know there's presale people that just don't randomly get picked to be able to do presale or whatever on some level they need to kind of get on the bandwagon of what Comic-Con's doing in terms of, you know, it not being scalper-friendly. I mean, it kind of has gone that route, you know, and some people argued that from last year with how now they send the badges out and mail them because now you can kind of, like, just create a bunch of random accounts and then just kind of put people's names on them and then just give them to somebody and nobody's going to check your ID whether it's associated with the badge and you just walk in. So, you know, even Comic-Con badges have become become kind of scalper-friendly, too. Whereas before, you had to go to the... You know, you had to get in line to pick up your badge and show your ID in order to get it, which made it more of a foolproof thing. You know, but now it's just like, goddamn, guys. Like, do you even care about your fans? We just want the money. I mean, yeah. It's just... I mean, I know it's all about business and stuff like that, but if you really care about the fucking fans and the people that are attending these conventions and making this shit happen, you need to take care of them... And do something to prevent all of these scalpers from basically taking advantage because it's fucking bullshit. And that's all I have to say about that. This was the WonderCon review slash everything else edition. Um episode forty eight, I think. Yeah. Um anyways, Jesse, this is Amanda.
1: Happy Easter.
0: Yeah, happy Easter. Go
1: watch that Star Wars trailer. Do Oh
0: it. yeah, and oh yeah, and Thor trailer, if you haven't seen it already. Star Wars trailer too.
1: Yeah, Star Wars is more.
0: Yeah, all awesome. So uh with that said, thanks for listening. Till next time. See you later. Bye. Bye.